Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Drop it in and put in the commercial. Ah, Welcome to Herd Tell. Okay, there's a lot going on in Congress. We're going to go to the guy we always go to on congressional things. He is the chief congressional correspondent. Grand Poobah, I don't know what they call you, but you do great work for the independent, sir. Eric Garcia, back on the program. How are you, sir? Doing all right. How you doing, Andrew? Got his game face on, got his suit on, ready to go up to the hill and weed through the mess. Let me start right there, though. Everybody's focusing on the McCarthy stuff, and it's a total clown show, and it's a yes. mess. I've been doing this a while. My radar goes up when absolutely everybody is covering the same story all day for what is now going on day three of this. You're actually on the hill, though. What's going on up there that we're missing? I know the house is completely shut down, but there's a lot of other stuff going on on the Capitol right now. What's folks missing that they don't see in the coverage that's gotten a little bit navel-gazing here? So what has basically gotten overlooked at this point is that uh, they cannot, I was talking about this with Ted Lou last night, because there are technically no members, they cannot look at intelligence briefings. Uh, Representative, Mike Ga- uh, Representative Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin talked about this. They, since there are no members, they can't conduct anything. They can't actually work uh, because they're all technically members elect. So this actually is, um, it, 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 it is, a, is a way, it, this means that, they're, that you know, there technically isn't a Congress. There aren't necessarily rules. What was funny is yesterday, um, my flatmate brought his dog to the hill uh, because you technically you can technically bring dogs. So there's really just um, there's really I, th- I think we could talk about the clown show about McCarthy, but more than that, it's just I think people are starting to get annoyed. Uh, they really just want to get to work. Uh, a lot of people want to uh, begin uh, getting to. A lot of people just want to begin, you know, just just doing their jobs. And I think that I think that's the I think that's that's sort of what you're seeing right now. Yeah, Eric Garcia from the Independent Congressional Reporter. Um, I think there's some interesting things to glean. See here, situations like this, I like to watch people's actions and see what's actually going on. I'm not interested yeah. in what they're saying at the podium. Yeah, you're seeing some real movement here on a couple levels, but let's start with the folks that aren't in chaos right now. Boy, does Hakeem Jeffries look like a million dollars right now because there was always, you know, y'all, it's always hard following the act of the legend, right? And good, bad, or indifferent, whether you like or not, Nancy Pelosi had an iron grip on that caucus for a long time, two different senses speaker. There was questions. Is he going to be able to get along with the progressives, which he's got some real life heat with? Is he going to be able to get the moderates along? Can he talk to folks? Boy, this guy looks like a million dollars right now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, you know, you know, and I think one of the things that that people don't realize is that yes, he always kind of clashed with progressives, uh, going back to 2016 and when he supported Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders, and he uh, and he's clashed with AOC and and a lot of the squad. But one of the things that he did, I think, that was really smart was that he is that he when he became Democratic Caucus chairman, 
he started cultivating those relationships immediately. And as soon as Joe Biden became president, and as soon as it became clear that this was going to be Pelosi's last run, he and Aguilar, Pete Aguilar, who's Democratic caucus chairman, and Catherine Clark just said, we're a package deal. And they basically they basically made friendships wherever they could. You know, what was, what was interesting was that uh, <laughs> at one point, Jamal Bowman, reminder that Jeffries endorsed Elliot Engel in the primary in New York 17th, I believe, uh, in 2020. But then Jamal Bowman at one point said he was talking to some black Republicans about endorsing the first black speaker uh, to get them reparations. And of course, that wasn't going to happen. But it, he, he looks like a million bucks. He had everything built for him and he had, and he, he really worked hard to build these relationships. And now he kind of, you know, and, and also to Pelosi's credit, she kind of smoothed out the carpet for him. And everybody except Jim Clyburn decided to step away from leadership. So this was basically a unanimous thing. And, you know, everybody's everybody's really happy with Hakeem. He looks great now, you know, because he because he's got the whole conference behind him. Yeah, Eric Garcia, join us. You slid by it there, but I think it's an important point to back up for for a second. Jim Clyburn stayed in the leadership. He's got a yes. little bit different role. But going forward for the Democratic caucus that is now going to be in the minority, especially with yeah. what's going on, it looks like with our GOP friends right now. Yeah, that's a big, big deal. In fact, a lot of them were asking him to do that. And I'm, there's various yeah. reports whether he wanted to or not. You just slid by. But this is an important thing going forward is that he is there and he you know, it's not accidental. Hakeem Jeffries and him. You know, the older statesman with the arm around the new guy, that's not only imaging, that's important inside the party. That's purposeful. That is, that is absolutely purposeful. Uh, for a while, it looked like David Cicilline was going to challenge him, but then eventually he like he pulled back because uh, I don't think he wanted to be seen as uh, the guy who was challenging an elder statesman from the South and, and, and civil rights, somebody who worked in civil rights. But yeah, this is absolutely something. And uh, Clyburn has really been a mentor to Hakeem Jeffries, uh, you know, and to a lot of members of the CBC and the Congressional Black Caucus. But this is also, uh, let's be real, let's be adults here. This is also a favor to Joe Biden. Uh, you know, Jim Clyburn is mainly the is the main reason why Joe Biden is president right now after he endorsed him in the beginning of the South Carolina primary. So this, so let's be adults here. Uh, this is absolutely a way for Jeffries to have a mentor, somebody who you can go to. Clyburn was a whip for a long time. So this is just a little extra padding. The interesting thing, though, is that to the point about whipping, uh, last night when they were trying to adjourn, Democrats wanted to keep them there just to keep the the, the, the clown show going. Uh, but then what happened is uh, actually two members uh, were not present, so they actually had to so they actually had to adjourn. So that's going to be one thing that they're going to have to do. They're going to they're, they're going to have to whip, do a little bit better whipping. But so far, they're they're doing all right. So, but 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 yeah, this is absolute. That's absolutely it's important for Jeff for Clyburn to be seen as being a mentor. Like the kids aren't completely taking over the show. Dad still has to give them the card keys. All right, let's talk about the unruly kids. Eric Garcia, congressional yeah. correspondent for the Independent. Let's zoom out for a second because we get into all the political stuff and the and yeah. the and all the machinations of it because we like it and it's your job to cover it and I comment on it. Here's the problem: yes. the non-political populace, as much as they pay attention to this stuff, this just looks like chaos because it is chaos. There's yes. no way this looks good to somebody 
unless you've got a political stake in it and you're into the minutia of who's going to be speaker and who's not. Everybody else is just looking at it like, this is chaos and this looks bad. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's funny because Chip Roy has been making this point. Chip Roy of Texas, who's one of the the 20 uh, Republicans who are voting against Kevin. Uh, he says, oh, well, uh, uh, you know, people in Des Moines, Iowa don't care if there's not a speaker, you know, but I, I would postulate that, yeah, they may not care like in the day to day. It may not affect them day to day, specifically, particularly because, you know, Democrats passed that uh, that omnibus last last year, late last month. But like, you know, it does look kind of insulting to a lot of voters that they can't get their act together, that they don't even have a speaker. So maybe it doesn't affect their day to day, but it does reinforce the fact that they can't govern and still for better or for worse no matter how thin the majority is a majority of americans voted to nominate voted to give republicans the majority and they can't even get a speaker so at this point they're like um excuse me we elected you to do your job and you can't even get together and all that so so yeah it does look embarrassing uh regardless of of what chip roy says For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Now, Chip Roy, Eric Garcia joining us. Folks may not be super familiar with him. <laughs> I, I, My radar yes. goes up on Here's another thing that goes when he started with, I'm just trying to do something in this godforsaken time. Hold on a second, Chip. You were Ted Cruz's chief of staff. Yes. You're well ingrained. You know the I know it's one of those little political things we just laugh yes. off, but it, it always, that puts my antenna up because I'm like, no, no, no. You're in the game. Admit you're in the game. Yes. For folks that don't know Chip Roy, because he's probably one of the people who's, I hate to say star rising out of this cluster mess, but he does look a little better than some of the others. Like he's actually trying to do something here. Yeah. Tell people Chip Roy, because you knew him before, because he was over in the Senate with Roy. He was a first assistant uh, attorney general in Texas. He's in that Cruz, Perry, Paxton. He's ingrained. Who is this guy for folks that aren't familiar with him? Yeah. So Chip Roy is really interesting as far as I, so he was, so he was assistant attorney general, but on top of that, the funny thing of it is that he, is that he likes to, he talked about how much of a mess Washington, dude, you were born in Bethesda, Maryland, like literally just to skip and a hop over buddy. Um, that's the Maryland suburbs. Um, se- second of all is that yes, he was chief of staff to Ted Cruz when Ted Cruz in 2013 helped the Freedom Caucus, or I guess the early incarnations of the Freedom Caucus and the Tea Party Caucus, be, do a try to uh, successfully stage a government shutdown in an attempt to defund Obamacare. So the interesting thing about Chip is that he is is that he is kind of a hellraiser. He does 
have a record of doing this. He likes to, you know, regularly try to get a motion to adjourn, usually whenever things aren't going his way. He did that a lot when he was in the minority. Now he kind of has a little bit more. Uh, you know, he's had a few close calls in the past in his races because just the suburbs of his area are, are, are getting more conservative, are, are getting more democratic. But Texas redrew the map. But yeah, but yeah no, he has a track record of liking to stir the pot a little bit and make things difficult for house republican leadership he did it with john boehner now he's doing it with now he's doing it with kevin mccarthy so yeah uh let's talk about some more congressional figures for a second meanwhile while this was all going on it actually got a little bit of press uh cocaine mitch your friend and mine everybody's favorite (laughs) majority leader now the minority leader uh he was out in kentucky with his old colleague president joe biden yes it was an amazing boy look sometimes if you're if i was a democratic consultant you couldn't pay enough money for this split screen you have mcconnell and biden dedicating a bridge cross-sectioned and the split screen is with the vote in the house of representatives i'm that campaign ad writes itself yes yes absolutely it does it shows that biden you know a lot of people said that Joe Biden was being daft when he said that he could work with Mitch McConnell, he could work with, you know, Republicans. But this shows, hey, he works with Republicans. Rob Portman, the senator from, the former senator from Ohio, was in the audience with Sherrod Brown, you know, cats and dogs sitting together. It shows that Biden can get things done. He can work with Mitch McConnell. And it also just shows that it, it, it also draws a deep contrast because it shows that the, the Senate isn't going to bail out McConnell, uh, going to bail out McCarthy. And if anything, when it when it comes time to govern, when it comes time to pass a budget, when it comes time to pass even a CR or raise the debt limit, Mitch McConnell isn't going to come, isn't going to, isn't, you know, isn't going to walk through that door and save Kevin McCarthy. This looks really good for Joe Biden because for all of the um, meshigas that happened during the two years of Democratic rule, they did eventually come together and they could eventually work with Republicans. Democrats are saying in the House, they're saying, look, we're not bailing Republicans out on this. So, that's, so yeah, it looks great for Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, here's the thing with this is, though, the normies like that stuff that us, the Internet commentators, really yeah. kind of recoil and make fun of. Yeah. That's that's how Joe Biden gets elected, being the normal guy against the chaos stuff. He was not Trump, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. This plays right into his hands if you're looking at a re-election campaign. It just does. I'm sorry, it does. It does, absolutely. It shows that, like, Joe Biden said, look, I'm going to govern like a normal Democrat. I'm not a socialist. Look, I'm here with I'm here with Mitch friggin' McConnell. Uh, and, and they've been friends know, for years. Let's all be grown-ups here. They shared many meals. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 old friends. They've known each other. This the Senate, uh, the 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 most exclusive three day work club. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, look, they don't they, they don't like to work on a weekend. Um, but you know, the, um, but but yeah, no, they're friends. They've known each other for a long time. But this does play into the hands of Joe Biden. That yeah, we'll, we can get things done. The Republicans in the House can't get thing can't get things can't get things done. Yeah, Eric Garcia, join us. All right, let's deal with this mess in the house. Okay. I here's the thing: people roll their eyes at things like rules packages and negotiations and this sort of stuff. You've covered Congress for a while, though. That rules second only to who the speaker and the minority leaders are, and maybe the whips. That rules package is everything. 
explain to folks who don't understand the rules package and we and let's we can go back a little bit when the Democrats took over, they made some really significant rules package fixes and that set them up for what has happened to get us to this point yes. for somebody that doesn't know, explain the rules package, why that's such a life or death thing for these politicos and why we're fighting over it so much here. Okay. So I think the most important things, and this is just a development that just happened. Uh, the playbook just talked about politicos playbook, just talked about it. They're starting to, one of the, one of the big rules changes that a lot of conservatives want is they want to just have open debate on amendments for spending bills that could actually lead to, to an absolute chaos because basically what happens is that Republicans could, is that Democrats could wind up picking off a few Republicans to add an amendment. You could have open debate there. Uh, you, you know, you could, you know, this is what everybody talks about when they talk about regular order. On top of that, there is also um, there there are also plenty of desires to have things like to, to have more members, more of the the conservative insurgents on the uh, on committees. But then there's also the big one, and this is the one that everybody. It, it, and it sounds, it, 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 I want to say, like it sounds arcane because it's ridiculous. There's this thing called the motion to vacate the chair. And this is the big one. So for the longest time, what happened is in 2015, Mark Meadows, uh, future White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, he was a congressman from North Carolina, Western North Carolina. He and a lot of other insurgents did a motion to vacate the chair with John Boehner, uh, which is essentially, it allows basically one member to begin a no confidence vote on the speaker. That's basically what it is. And Boehner survived that vote. But afterward, and then Mark Meadows got on his knees and kind of begged Boehner for forgiveness. Then he did it again in 2015. And that was the beginning of the end of John Boehner. And then that was a big, that was a big point of controversy with Paul Ryan. Cause he obviously didn't want to do, uh, he, he didn't want to do that. Then when Pelosi took office, she raised the threshold for the motion to vacate the chair or when she took the speakership. Then what happened is now that McCarthy took over, he initially, you know, conservatives again, wanted that motion to vacate the chair. Then what happened is he said, okay, we'll lower it so that you only have to get um, five members to do a motion to vacate the chair. Now it's he's just doing it down to one. <laughs> Why anybody would do that is my is any is my guess, but the, but but basically that is the real aside from the committee assignments, aside from the open process for debate on budgets, that's the real uh, thrust and the nut of this whole of, the, of this whole problem is that they is that these insurgents want to be able to have a have a motion to vacate be able to file a motion to vacate the chair. Eric Garcia joining us explaining this so well that even I can understand it. Here's the thing: we know McCarthy looks really weak here because he's given away the store to the point that he's not going to be able to function as a speaker. Yeah, talk about why folks like us that kind of follow this are saying that though he's giving away so much stuff now. He's not going to, even if he made speaker, which it doesn't look like he's going to get there now, or whoever the next speaker is going to be now is even more weakened because they're not going to be able to put together any kind of a package whatsoever to have any strength in the chair, which is what you got to have as a speaker, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the whole point of being able to be a speaker is to be able to lead Congress. You're not just the leader of your party. You're the unlike the Senate where the majority leader just leads the party, uh, you are the Speaker of the House, and your job is to lead the entire House of Representatives. And at this point, McCarthy has basically set himself up for failure because there is 
as soon as he begins to cut a deal, as soon as so, so first and foremost, he won't be able to cut a deal with Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden because the moment that because they'll say, "Look, you can't say no to us because all you all we need all you need is four people to give you the middle finger in your conference, and then your toast." And, you know, at that point, you're going to have to go to the Democrats. You're going to have to go to Hakeem Jeffries. And and, and let's be real. When you're a minority leader in the House, you don't have a lot of power. The only thing you can really do is bang pots and pans and, you know, block things. But, But even then, you can't really. There aren't many mechanisms to block things like there are in the Senate. So this sets him up so that he's going to be that he is toast the moment conservatives don't like something that he does even if even marjorie taylor green who's on his side if she does if he does something that she doesn't like she can file a motion to petition to vacate the chair he is setting himself up for failure and then also if you are a uh on top of that you know you know we talk a lot about these 20 republicans the moderates probably aren't, to the extent that there are moderates in the, in the House, or I guess you could say governing Republicans, they're not going to be happy about this because they feel like McCarthy has given away the House and he's basically, you know, to these people who basically strapped a bomb to their chest. So it, it is, uh, so, so he is in an impossible position where he's not going to be able to please anybody. And even whoever comes into, his, into, that, into that role, they're going to have to comply with that rules unless they have to do a whole new rules package. Eric Garcia joining us. Here's the other thing about this. Um, I agree with everything you said. Other people are looking weak. I think one of the undercurrents that's going to come out of this, though, is, and this is a little bit more big picture, right now, the Matt Gateses and Lauren Boberts are feeling themselves. There's the infamous thing now where her and Hannity just clowned each other for 20 minutes back and forth now. They're really feeling each other. I don't think they've realized that I think this has weakened them. I know they're holding yes. this whole thing up right now, but here's here's what's changed. The party was placating them because they felt like they needed them. Yes. Now it feels like once this is over and their passes, look, the the Chip Roy Freedom Caucus guys, that's been going on since 2015. That's not a new problem. That is the Gateses and the Boberts and the internet famous people, that's a newer problem. Yeah. Trump couldn't move the dial on this thing. Trump can't no. get them when this is over, I think you're going to see them get isolated, cut off, and kind of left out of everything going forward, even in the chaos of the Congress. They're going to make a lot of noise. But, yeah, this is their moment of power. I think this might be their apex because I don't think anybody's going to want to fool with them after that. Like, you've even got, like, the New York Daily News going after them on the front page yeah. now. You've got the the party that was placating them because they felt like they needed the Trump. They're learning. Look, politics is learned behavior. They are learning, hey. They're just going to do this. We don't need them. We can't work with them anyway. Let's cut them off. I think we're going to see a change with, especially those two individuals and a couple others going forward. On top of that, let's also just talk about what we're talking about. The fact of the matter is is that Lauren Boebert had a near-death experience this last election where she narrowly lost her seat. What's typically when members almost lose, 
they typically say, hey, maybe I should move more to the center. Maybe I should be more, I should feel more. Lauren Bober basically said, I'm going to keep doing more of what I'm doing. Um, and, that, and, that, and that's it. But I think one of the other things that you're seeing is, as you, as you said, conservative media said, okay, fine, we'll let you have your little circus for a little bit. Now you're starting to see a lot of right-wing media. You're seeing on Fox News now. You're seeing a lot of conservative commentators. You're seeing Trump say, okay, the fun's over. We gotta do. We, we gotta do this. We got. We gotta actually stop doing it and stop delaying this because we want to be able. A lot of people don't know why Marjorie Taylor Greene is on Kevin McCarthy's side. The reason why a he's going to give her back her committees. Let's be adults. B, if you want to subpoena Hunter Biden and Merrick Garland and uh, you know Ali Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary. You need to do this. So I think now everybody is kind of sort of right-wing media, conservative media apparatuses, Trump world are kind of saying, okay, stop this, cut this out. Let's go, let's get to work. And this is, and yeah, this could isolate them. And this could be something where McCarthy says, you know, ultimately, look, I can cut off three of you, you know, I don't necessarily need to give you everything you want. And on top of that, even if he winds up getting this, then he could he could immediately renege on it. Yeah, he'll be a, he'll, he'll get completely cleaved off and there'll be a motion to vacate the chair, but he doesn't have to leave. No, Eric Garcia joining us. All right, one last thing on this big mess. We we caught look, we talked about this back during the campaign. If that majority is less than 2025 seats, it's going to be total chaos. We're down to four seats, five, depending on a couple, how a couple things we've had a member of Congress die. They got to replace that. A couple other things going on. This looks like it's just going to be chaos for two straight years. Yes. Is there any other way to cover that? Look, let me just ask you bluntly. How do you cover? How do you, we talk about narratives a bad thing, but you got to have narratives because you have to have guardrails. Yeah. What's the narratives that you and your compatriots when you're standing around the halls are talking like, how do we cover this Congress? Because this is going to be something we haven't really seen in a long, long time. Y'all talk amongst yourselves like, yeah, you've got to have had that conversation of how do we cover I literally this? was having this conversation on my way home with a friend of mine who I knew from my days when I was at roll call. And we were saying that like, you know, for, for those who don't know, a lot of congressional reporters, we cut our teeth at places like CQ Roll Call or National Journal, places that cover things like budgets and cover things like debt limit things and, and appropriations. I think our brains are not wired for something like this because we've been wired for so long to say, okay, there's a budget process. There's an appropriations process. There's a rules package. There's, you know, a debt limit thing. This stuff is supposed to happen because this is the basic, these are the baseline functions of government. We're not talking about passing major legislation. We're just talking about governing. And I don't think that we know how to cover this. I'm saying this because I don't know how to cover this. And I think it's going to be really a test for a lot of us in the Capitol Press Corps. How do we cover an effectively anti-government coalition. That's something I don't know how to do. And I'm going to have to try to figure it out on the job. Yeah. Eric Garcia, you're the best, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll let you go because you got to get up on the hill and knee deep into the swamp and figure this bad boy out. Have you back on a couple of days. Maybe we'll have some answers. Let folks know where they can follow you. I didn't get to promote your book like I normally do, but make sure you check out We're Not Broken. It's right behind him because he knows how to market. Look at that right there if you're watching on the YouTube. Let folks know where they can follow you and keep up with you, my friend. You can buy my book, We're Not Broken, Change the Autism Conversation, out in paperback now. If you got a lot of good gift cards for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever, this is a, this is a great gift. It's only $14 uh, on top 
job of that. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric M. Garcia. You can follow my work at The Independent. You can read my columns at MSNBC. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric M. Garcia 14. Always fun to be on here, Andrew. Yes, sir. We'll have you back on soon, Eric Garcia. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Religion is at the intersection of our 21st century life, even if we don't express a faith. At a time when it seems that religion isn't as prevalent as it once was, it still leaves its mark everywhere. As a pastor, I know that religion isn't something I just do on a Sunday, but it's found in every nook and cranny of my life. Sexuality, politics, social media, the economy, war, nationalism, all have some kind of religious angle to them. And as a communicator, I want to find the stories that can help people understand this part of our society that is so important to so many. Hi, I'm Dennis Sanders, and I'm the host of Church and Maine. Church and Maine is a podcast about the journey of faith and where it intersects with modern life. I look at faith with a journalist's eye, asking the who, where, what, why, and how religion affects some of the major issues of the day. Join me as we journey together. You can listen to Church in Maine podcasts at the website churchinmaine.org or on your favorite podcast app. I look forward to seeing you. Folks, you've heard of Ethan Brown on the Herd Tell Show a couple of different times, but if you're interested in learning about how to discuss things like climate change without all the politics and doom and gloom, head over to his podcast, The Sweaty Penguin. Sweaty Penguin is a late-night comedy-style climate podcast working to add nuance, critical thinking, humor, and hope to the climate conversation. they got over 100 episodes already, breaking down weekly news stories and specific topics, from the vanilla to the ADHD to the international accountability to orangutans. Yes, I know, it's a comedy thing, so just go with it. But each time, exploring different ways we can make progress on these issues while still helping the economy, health, security, and everything else we care about. Feel overwhelmed, exhausted, or excluded by today's climate change discourse? This is the podcast for you. Find The Sweaty Penguin wherever you get your podcast or at www.thesweatypenguin.com. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape. Or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. 
So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.